The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is where the Big Blue Nation comes for the latest news and views on the Cats. Interact with the show now by tweeting at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Call us at 877-904-1080. Now, the voice of your Wildcats, Tom Leach. Good morning, everybody. Curtis Birch here in for Tom Leach. You might hear me on the Sunday morning sports talk show, which, of course, is part of the Leach Report radio network. Or here's some of my work from the UK Sports Network. I host the Behind Kentucky Football podcast, and I'll be sharing some information about an upcoming episode in the show today. If you'd like to follow along with the show, you can find them on Twitter at Leach Report. The email, of course, is leechreport at gmail.com. And also check out the fan page. Uh, just search The Leech Report on Facebook. Best way to interact with me today is on Twitter at Curtis Birch, B U R C H. We got an awesome guest lineup today. We're going to be talking to Chris Fisher of the Catsballs and Kyle Tucker of the Athletic. So you won't want to miss that. Let's get to the Wildcat news of the day, presented by Kentucky Beer Cheese. Last night, uh, the Hall of Fame class for UK Athletics was announced for the upcoming year. It was announced on BBN Tonight, and uh, Mitch Barnhart announced it on the show. A star-studded class, as you would expect with any Hall of Fame class. I'll read through the names that were announced. Betty Lou Evans from Women's Golf. Uh, Kendra Harrison from Women's Track and Field. Nazi Muhammad men's basketball, Larry Warford made it in from football, Bob Whalen, who was a part of the men's track and field and cross-country teams, and Erin Gilliland-Wright was named from the women's soccer team. She's the first member of UK women's soccer to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. That's the class of 2021. And um, it'll be cool this year when they hopefully get all the, uh, the ceremony in place It'll be a huge, huge event because the plan as of now is to have the 2020 class join them because obviously they couldn't be at the event last year in the inductions because of COVID protocols. So um, an awesome class. Uh, Betty Lou Evans was the head coach of UK Women's Golf for 23 seasons. She led UK to the NCAA Regionals 14 times, including five trips to the NCAA Championship. Kendra Harrison is the current world record holder in the 100-meter hurdles at 12.2 seconds. She was the National Track Athlete of the Year as a senior, and she was the NCAA Championship in Ender Hurdles and outdoor 60-meter uh, indoor hurdles and 100-meter outdoor hurdles. Uh, Nazi Muhammad, of course, two-time national championship, second leading scorer and leading rebounder on the 1998 team that went 35-14, and 14, won the NBA title, and then, of course, he had great success in the NBA, winning a championship there as well. Larry Warford was one of the best offensive linemen in the history of the program and had an amazing uh, NFL career. He helped UK get to two uh bowl games and while in the NFL he made three Pro Bowls so an impressive career both at UK and in the NFL. Bob Whalen uh, ran track from 1987 to 1990 and he was the indoor champion in the mile in 1990 and as we mentioned uh, Aaron Gillian Wright uh, was with women's soccer she was from 2011 to 2014 she was 
an All-American in 2014 and was a multi-time finalist for National Player of the Year. And in 2014, she was ESPN one of the finalists for ESPNW's uh, Female Athlete of the Year. A couple other notes that we're going to talk to uh, Chris Fisher about as well that are in the news today. Julius Randle was named second team All-NBA. Continued accolades after he won most improved player um, earlier this offseason. So great stuff from Julius, who had an amazing year with the Knicks. And uh, also out of in the, some NBA news, the NBA Draft Combine uh, released their list of participants. And Brandon Boston Jr. and Isaiah Jackson were among the 69 players invited to the Combine, which will take place June 21st through 27th in Chicago. So if you'd like um, more of this information, check out the Leach Report links page. Uh, links to these stories are on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. And a quick note, I'll retweet it from my account at Curtis Birch. Um, circling back to those um, Hall of Fame inductees. One of the cool things that Mitch Barnhart does is he calls each each individual and lets them know that they will be inducted into the Hall of Fame. And as you can imagine, those reactions are priceless. So we'll share that um, here in a bit. We're going to get to our first break here, and we're going to talk some basketball and some basketball recruiting because it's that time of year with Chris Fisher right after this. I am Curtis Birch, in for Tom Leach, and you are listening to The Leach Report. Find out more about the Voice of the Cats and get great coverage of the Big Blue at TomLeachKY.com. Welcome back in to the Leach Report, Curtis Birch of the UK Sports Network and Sunday Morning Sports Talk in for Tom today. The Leach Report comes to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop studio. We are now joined by Chris Fisher of the Cats Balls and 247 Sports. Good morning, Chris. What's up, Curtis? How we doing? Uh, exciting night last night in UK Athletics land with the announcement of the Hall of Fame class. Um, it's always when you hear the names, you're like, "Yep, that guy, that one belongs. That one belongs." What were your, what were your thoughts when you saw uh, Mitch Barnhart release the the video on the guys and gals that he um, that they have inducted? They're going to induct into the Kentucky Athletics Hall of Fame. Yeah, like you said, it's it's exciting. There's nothing more prestigious if you you know wore a blue and white Kentucky uniform than going into uh, the UK Athletics Hall of Fame. All six uh, were very very uh, deserving inductees. Uh, I'm partial to Larry Warford. He's a good buddy of mine, and uh, really happy for him uh, to go into uh, the Hall of Fame. I know he was really excited. Well, then that gives me the opportunity to tell my Larry Warford story. Um, I've, I've told it I told it in the past, but his older cousin, Paul, was a buddy of one of my roommates in college. And, of course, when Larry came on his visit, um, I was still in school. And even though Larry was in high school, he was still a massive human. And, um, like I said, while on the visit, he came to our apartment with Paul and was going to borrow the PlayStation that we had um, between all our roommates, but when we ho- uh, had a knock on the door and we opened it and the light didn't shine in because Larry was so massive even at that point, 
and he was a high school kid, you know, on a college visit, so was a little timid and kind of just said, can I get the PlayStation? And we didn't know he was coming, and so it was very kind of startling, but uh, that was the first time I got to meet Larry Warford. <laughs> uh, Larry is a very large uh, human being. Um, off the field, he is a, he's a giant teddy bear, uh, mm-hmm. a super, super nice, uh, generous, giving, big-hearted, uh, fun-loving uh, guy. So, again, I was very, very happy. For sure. uh, for, uh, for Larry to go in, I, I texted him yesterday. I said, "Man, I couldn't get a scoop on uh, <laughs> on you going into the uh, the Hall of Fame." But yeah, I'm, I'm excited for him. Yeah, and uh, as we said, we're we'll share the um, video of Mitch Barnhart uh, that UK Athletics putting out. Mitch calling all the people that were that are going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Let's switch to some uh, recruiting, Chris. And you recently had a conversation with Sky Clark, who was the first basketball uh, official visitor in, in quite a while uh, over the weekend. What, what did he have to say to you, and, and where do you think the 2022 class is as a whole right now? Yeah, like you mentioned, uh, before the pandemic, before the NCAA recruiting period, uh, Sky Clark was the last recruit to visit Kentucky, uh, was on an unofficial visit to watch Kentucky clinch the SEC regular season uh, championship against Auburn in, uh, in in February before the, the pandemic hit and the first recruit to visit Kentucky after the dead period ended on June the 1st. And it sounded like uh, he was blown away. He said his unofficial visit to Kentucky uh, the first time around was surreal, and, and he said that this really uh, solidified his decision to – attend Kentucky said, you know, putting on that, that Kentucky jersey for the first time. He said it felt like a perfect fit. Uh, he loves that color of, of blue and, again, really affirmed why he chose uh, Kentucky in the first place. Obviously, he's an immense talent. He's a five-star uh, point guard who has really come into his own at the position. He was looked at more as a, a combo guard uh Prior to that, but but this spring and summer, he's really uh, owned his his craft and and really settled into that position of of running a basketball team. Yeah, he can score with uh, the best of them, but he can also uh, set up his teammates and facilitate as well. And I think that's something that he's really proud of. And off the court, he's a, a magnetic personality. I think he's a guy that other top recruits are going to be drawn to um, and, and guys uh, and a guy that other top players want to play with. And so it's kind of like football where, you know, you get a highly ranked quarterback in the fold early on and he's going to mm-hmm. help uh, build your recruiting class. And I think the same goes for, for Scott Clark. Um, let's get to uh, a, a break here. And then when we come back, Chris, we'll ask you about uh, the guys that, that Sky Clark is I'm trying to recruit as part of his class and then look ahead, of course, because this week was the first week that uh, UK and colleges across the country were able to contact some juniors in the 2023 class. So uh, we'll do that after this. Chris Fisher joining us right now. I am Curtis Birch in for Tom Leach today, and uh, you are listening to The Leach Report. Can't get to a radio? You can listen to us live on the web at talkradio1080.com. Now, back to the show. 
Welcome back into the Leach Report. Curtis Birch in for Tom today, joined by Chris Fisher of the Cats Balls and 247 Sports Talk and some uh, basketball recruiting. Chris got a chance to converse with Sky Clark after his official visit. And uh, Sky was telling you some guys that he was trying to get to come with him to Kentucky, Chris. Yeah, he's gone from uh, recruited to recruiter for uh, for Kentucky uh, here in, in recent weeks, getting in guys' ears um, uh, since the start of the uh, – or the end of the uh, recruiting period. Kentucky's been uh, a lot more active. Uh, he just transferred to Montverde Academy down in Florida where he'll be a, a teammate of, of Jalen Duran, the number two overall prospect in the class uh maybe not for much longer he's looking to uh to reclassify but also talking to brandon miller and chris livingston two guys that have earned uh, kentucky offers in recent weeks shaden sharp uh, a guy that kentucky's been on for for some time now and uh he mentioned Jaden bradley as well another five-star uh, point guard in uh, the class of 2022 so i, I think what happens with Kentucky's influx of, of transfers? Obviously, Kellen Grady only has one year of, of mm-hmm. eligibility at Kentucky. But what happens with guys like C.J. Frederick, Severe Wheeler, uh, Oscar Shibway, those guys, do they stay at Kentucky for more than one year? I think the answer to that question will go a long way in determining uh, how many guys and which types of guys Kentucky really starts to go after in that 2022 class. And then, as I mentioned, going into break, 2023 has recently been allowed to to get some offers, and the Kentucky staff has been super super busy with contacting uh, players. Um, I think they made their first uh, official offer and then have been in contact with a lot of juniors. Kind Kind of broadly speaking, any names that stick out, but then just overall the approach of recruiting this junior class and how many... How many players and prospects they're reaching out to this early? Yeah, so Tuesday was the first day of the contact period where college coaches could directly contact uh, rising juniors in high school, so members of the 2023 class. And it was a little bit of a departure from what we've seen in years past. Kentucky hasn't always been extremely active on the first day of the contact period. And, And for the most part, you don't really have to be. You don't have to be calling kids at, at midnight on the, the first day of the contact period because you're Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Some schools need to get up, you know, get that leg up and, and get that advantage where Kentucky necessarily uh, doesn't necessarily have to. But um, So Kentucky, I think, was much more active than we've seen in years past. By my count, there were uh, over 20 prospects that heard from Wow. Uh, Kentucky on Tuesday. Uh, one of those was J.J. Taylor, a five-star wing uh, from Chicago, plays for uh, the same travel team that Jen Coleman used to coach the Mac Urban Fire, so there's some obvious connections there. Um, Kwame Evans, uh, Jr., the number one wing in the 2023 class, also heard from John Calipari directly, and so um, it's still really, really early. I think, obviously, Kentucky's still in the process of evaluating uh, a lot of those guys in the 2023 class, but are building those relationships, are, are mm-hmm. reaching out and, and laying that foundation, and recruiting is, is all about relationships, and uh, Kentucky's getting in a little bit earlier with some of the younger guys than maybe we've seen in the past. 
Mm-hmm. Just about uh, two minutes uh, left here, and uh, we'll I'll ask Kyle Tucker this in the in the next half hour. But the the, the Jalen Duran um, reclass, not reclass. I know that his his team has said that there's no been decision no decision made, but it's been widely rumored. Where do you see Kentucky standing on that? If it's twenty one versus if it's twenty two, or does that make a big difference? Uh, I think it does make a big difference as far as Kentucky is uh, concerned simply because they're so full in the front court. Obviously, you're going to make room for a guy like Jalen Duran who is physically ready to contribute at a high level um, no matter where he goes to school if that's the route he chooses to go. Now, the, the G League is certainly going to have uh, its say and are reportedly you know, throwing around upwards of a million dollars his way to join the, the G League uh, at 19, but uh, it sounds like college is a realistic possibility for him. I'm not sure um, uh, Kentucky's going to get a visit later this month, so it sounds like they're in the thick of things along with Miami and Memphis and you know maybe the Michigan and one or two other schools, but um, I-, I think with Oscar Sheboy and Damian Collins and uh, Keon Brooks, those guys mm-hmm. in the front court, it could be a little bit of a tougher sell for Kentucky as opposed to a Miami where he could go in and, and be the man from, from day one. So I think Kentucky's at least in the mix. They're going to get an official visit uh, later this month and want we'll to see how things play out. But it's really, really hard uh, for me to picture uh, Jalen Duran turning that, turning down, uh, like I said, up no. the neighborhood of, of a million dollar offer. That's really, really big money, especially yeah. uh, even for the G League. So yeah. we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, I think it'd be hard for anybody to turn down uh, that kind of contract <laughs> as a high schooler. Um, he is Chris Fisher of uh, the Cats Balls. Uh, and 247 Sports, uh, you can read his work at the Cats Balls or 247. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for your time. All right. Take it easy, Curtis. Coming up after this, we are going to be talking to Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. He recently had a power rankings of the SEC. I am Curtis Birch, and you are listening to The Leach Report. The Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Tweet us at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Welcome back in to the Leach Report. Curtis Birch of the UK Sports Network and Sunday Morning Sports Talk, which is also on the Leach Report Radio Network, here with you here today. We are now joined by Kyle Tucker of The Athletic and a former... Um, Life, my podcast partner. Good morning, Kyle. Good morning. How are you? I am fantastic because I am talking to you. And uh, we got a lot to talk about today, uh, both basketball and a little football. But I want to start off the conversation where I left it uh, with Chris Fisher in our last segment about the probably one of the most intriguing names in high school basketball right now, Jalen Duran. He's an amazing athlete and an amazing player, and um, I was taken back when you, I don't know who even, you, I th- you might have been, I think you were working for The Athletic at the time, but when you 
went to cover an Amani Bates game and how he was going to be, you know, all the superlative next Kevin Durant. He was a guy that was going to maybe be the first um, player picked when the NBA draft was supposedly going to allow high school prospects back in. And Duran has been so phenomenal, overtaking him as the number one player in that 2022 class. But now there's rumors of uh, reclassification, a million dollars from the G League. Kyle, with uh, all the people you talk to, what what are you hearing about Jalen Dern, and specifically, obviously, with the uh, connections to Kentucky basketball? Well, I think it's. I, I would say if he does, in fact, move up, and he would have to, like people are like, why would he reclassify, you know, and not go to college? Well, you still he has to graduate high school to be eligible to do uh, the G League. So yes, I believe that's right, and so I would say that if he does. Um, reclassify in the next couple months, which I I, I would imagine that's going to happen. Um, the G League will be tough to beat, and I, and I think you know there's going to be some some overseas leagues that are going to be tough to beat because they can offer a million dollars. I mean, it's not that's not a crazy um, that's not a crazy number uh, that's out there. I, I think he could absolutely get that, but I do also think that that his camp sort of views some of the value. I mean, the things that Cal Perry has talked about here recently and is going to be hammering. We're going to hear it a million times. Yes. You know, one of the, it's going to be one of those talking points that Cal sort of just bangs like a drum for, for, for the foreseeable future. I would guess um, the idea of, you know, going to college, going to a, a blue blood in particular, that's on a big stage. If you go to a Kentucky or a Duke or uh, even Gonzaga, I mean, any of those, Premier programs. What does it do for your brand? What does it do for your marketing value? And then when you throw in uh, name, image, and likeness, when that gets done in the very near future, you know what is what is a fan base like Kentucky's, for instance? What does that mean for your immediate earning yeah. power? You know what can you make if you could do in-season autographs at Kentucky as a number one player? I mean, Kentucky fans this year in particular, they're so uh, eager to to get back to the top, that if if the number one player in a surprise move reclassified and came to Kentucky and joined the team that already looks like it is good enough to get them, you know, at least back in contention again, mm-hmm. the excitement for that would be so high that if he was allowed to sign autographs or do uh, some promotional stuff, I think he would make a fortune. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I do think that a program like Kentucky has a chance to compete um, in this new sort of landscape. If, if the, assuming name, image, and likeness gets done at a national level, because right now Kentucky's not one of the states that has yeah. that legislation, um, and, and I would imagine Cal's a little frustrated by that. But the hope I think for everybody is that there somebody is going to swoop in, be it the NCAA or the federal government, uh, with a national name, mm-hmm. image, and likeness law and make that a thing this year. So I think that that gives Kentucky a chance. I think and when you think about adding a guy like Antigua, who's obviously, and, and Chen Coleman, guys who have obviously uh, been recruiting at a high level, and then Cal the closer, uh, you know, Jay Lucas. I mean, right now I yeah. think Kentucky has, you know, you would argue one of the most um, potent recruiting combinations you know, staff-wide yes. in the country, maybe the most, I think they have a chance. 
Yeah, and I mean that's the the interesting dynamic in um, it's there's just so many questions about name, image, and likeness as you you talked about, and ever all the coaches are um, preparing as, as best they could in administration as well. But when it's still a question, it's a question as you as you say, how are the and I don't know how much you, you talk to some of the people, maybe you know, not like necessarily high school prospects, but just around the game on their end. Like, how are they kind of preparing for that? Ever, we've we've been focusing in on how UK athletics is preparing for it. Do you hear anything on how these prospects are preparing for it? I mean, are there are there brand managers that that, that high school guys are kind of consulting right now? So when this thing finally gets done in whatever way it is, they're ready to go. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure a lot of the top guys absolutely are consulting in some way, be it official or, or not official yeah. or off, on or off the books. But, I mean, that's been happening for a while now. I mean, I, you know, in covering the recruiting process, you run into, you know, when we talk about people's camps or whatever, I mean, you, you run into whole teams of people. Um, you know, like, like even Tyler Hero, when Tyler Hero was coming to Kentucky, um, like his dad was like, Hey, look, I've got a friend who's a, a, a lawyer or whatever. And he's trying to help me understand like, what are the, you know, what are the ramifications of this or what, you know, PR wise, what should we do that? You know, yeah. earnings wise, tax wise, like they're already thinking about that stuff, all of them. Um, and so yeah, now that name, image and likeness, uh, is coming into the mix and like, it's, it's all, you, we know that money has probably changed hands in a, in in a major number of cases for top prospects already uh, under the table. Now that it can all be above board, um, you'd be foolish as a player and parent not to be thinking about you know consulting with somebody about how to handle it. And and you'd be absolutely crazy at this point if you don't have a relatively fully formed notion of what you're going to do. And, and one of the things Cal said is it's hard hard to know exactly because you don't know exactly what the rules are. Yeah. One thing we don't know is what will be restricted and what will be allowed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if it was just throw the throw the doors open and everything's allowed, then I would say absolutely a program like Kentucky has a chance to go crazy, um, you know, recruiting some of those guys that otherwise would have gone pro because you the, the number of opportunities would be unlimited. Yeah. Um, but I do think programs like U.K. and U.K. specifically – have been formulating this for a while. And that, that's one other thing I would point out is I think my hunch is that Kentucky has thought a lot about Jalen Duran specifically yeah. for several months now in it in shaping its, its plan for name, image, and likeness and sort of what the pitch will be to a prospect like him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, we're going to get to a break here, and after this uh, we're going to talk with Kyle about his recently – uh, released SEC power rankings that he did with some fellow contributors on The Athletic. I am Curtis Birch, and you are listening to The Leach Report. This is The Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can follow Tom on Twitter. It's at Tom Leach KY. Welcome back in to the Leach Report, Curtis Birch of the UK Sports Network and Sunday Morning Sports Talk, which can be heard in Lexington on 630 WLAP every Sunday morning with myself, Anthony White, Larry Vaught from um, from 9 to noon. The Leach Report comes to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop studio. We are now 
Continued to be joined by Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. And Kyle, you uh, recently published on The Athletic uh, a power rankings of the SEC. And when I was reading through it, the thing that stood out to me the most, we'll get to who's number one in a minute, but uh, the SEC welcomed about 25 of the nation's top 100 transfers. That's uh, really impressive, and I think is going to make the it, it's going to make the league obviously have a lot of new blood, and obviously, hopefully, be a lot better next year. Yeah, twenty five. Uh, you know, it's between twenty five and twenty eight, depending on you know which of those top one hundred rankings you look at. But it's a bunch, and then that's not even the whole number. I mean, from my count, going through every roster in the league, there's at least fifty two transfers coming in to the conference. Uh, which is just insane. And then when you look at the number of just new players overall, the combination of um, transfers and freshmen, there's not a team in the league that has fewer than five new players. Wow. Georgia has ten. Uh, I forget it. A&M, I think, has nine. A couple other teams have eight. Obviously, Kentucky and two or three others have seven. New players. I mean, more than half the league has at least seven new players. Um, I, I I don't think I've ever seen a conference completely remade the way the SEC has. And, and you know, twenty five top one hundred transfers, twenty plus top one hundred recruits. Five different schools or six, I think, uh, signed McDonald's All Americans, including Ole Miss with their first one. Um, there's a ton of talent, but also just like a crazy. Uh, number of new faces in the SEC. I, I think it's worth reading the piece uh, at the Athletic. Just shameless plug, mm-hmm. mostly because I don't. I mean, I think people need to familiarize themselves yeah. with who's actually in the league. It's it's a whole bunch of new guys. Yeah, uh, for sure. And uh, the other interesting dynamic, as we know well here, the in intra conference transfers with, of course, Sevilla Wheeler going from Georgia to Kentucky, Justin Powell going from Auburn to Tennessee. There's going to be no lack of storylines in this SEC basketball season. I'll, uh, if, if, you're, if you're okay with it, can you reveal who, who ended up at the top of, of your power rankings and how you came to that conclusion? Yeah, and I actually, I, I actually responded to somebody in the comments who, who uh, I think called me a, a Kentucky cheerleader for putting Kentucky number one. And, and look, you can argue it. Uh, for sure, and especially it seems maybe odd coming off a nine and sixteen year to put Kentucky at the top. But I think a a reasonable explanation for that is when you look at what happened to the other top teams in the league. If if Shackelford leaves uh, Alabama, which is one of the big decisions that's still out there, then Alabama, Arkansas, and LSU, the top three teams in the league, lost their top three guys. All of them lost their top three guys at least. Uh, if not more, Tennessee lost three starters and their top two scores to the NBA. Um, you know, in Kentucky, which has won either the tournament or the regular season like ten times or eight times under Calipari, um, they they brought back four veteran guys, which is rare. They've got a five-star junior, which almost never happens. Then they signed four top uh, top fifty uh, transfers and three top 40 recruits uh, on paper and again we know on paper doesn't always work out and especially mm-hmm. given what happened with Kentucky last year but I think they've addressed all of sort of the big issues of last season they've gotten experience now the new guys are not a bunch of freshmen the new guys are largely that are going to contribute are largely proven college players some at the major conference level um, you know 
in a league that's been kind of turned upside down and completely um, overhauled and, and where the top teams from a year ago have lost their heavy hitters, I mean, Alabama loses the SEC Player of the Year and, and you know, a four-year starter in John Petty, LSU, wiped out of its three five-star recruits all off to the NBA. Um, um, you know, Arkansas loses Moody and, and, you know, the sort of the guts of that team that went to the Elite Eight. I think it makes some sense that Kentucky starts the year with an expectation of winning the conference. But it will be a challenge. I mean, I, I, for all that everybody lost, pretty much everybody in the league, in the upper half of the league, added major pieces from other places, whether they be five-star recruits or major transfers or both. Yeah, that's that's for certain. It's going to be an interesting dynamic in the league. And the other part often was one of the reasons that Kentucky pointed to with the struggles is a lack of, obviously, cohesion. And I couldn't imagine what last year would have been like for any team like the like most teams are going through this year in the SEC with new guys coming in, not being able to bond. But luckily this year they are able to do some stuff. You've gotten a chance to go to a few camps. Here's some comments from the guys. Uh, you know, interact with Coach uh, Antigua, Coach Coleman. Just, and I know you've you've discussed this in the past, probably, but just the overall vibe you've gotten in spending some time with Kentucky basketball over these past few weeks at some of those satellite camps. Well, one, I mean, you you can tell that they they you know everybody involved in the program sort of missed the normalcy of of one being together and two being around the fan base. I mean, that's such a part of what you know, being at Kentucky is like, I mean, there's not a lot of places you could go around the state for three straight weeks holding camps and people, you know, show up by the hundreds. Um, you know, I think that's one thing. And, and to me, it's just the fact that, you know, we're in early June and everybody's there. Um, I guess everybody's still, other than uh, Oscar Shibway still, who's making yes. his way back. But um, the fact that essentially the entire roster is on campus together. They're not restricted in, in I, I don't think, in being able to be around each other based on the way they're interacting in these camps. Um, just the fact that it's a normal summer, and even not really even a normal summer by Kentucky standards, because many years, in normal years, mm-hmm. you know, for one reason or another, you know, there's a couple key guys that aren't there till later in the summer. I mean, now pretty much everybody is together. Uh, and they're going to have this long, normal summer to just hang out and get to know each other, but also to be in the gym and be practicing. When we saw the video Kentucky tweeted out yesterday of Brooks finishing off the practice with a put-back dunk. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think anybody can understate how valuable that time is when you have a bunch of new guys and how important it is to sort of Calipari's process and how much he was really thrown off of his, how do I, you know, how do I get a new team together plan which he was really good at for a long time you, you, you kind of get in a rhythm of doing that year after year and then it gets completely thrown out of whack um that alone to me that's the big takeaway like they're all together like they seem to like each other um you know and they've got time now to figure figure each other out and and, and learn what cal wants from them yeah i think that that's definitely been been big and the maturity of a lot of the guys the transfers you look at like kellen grady and then obviously keon brooks um who is due for a a fully healthy season i know he he wants it more than anybody else but i think that that's going to help 
help define things a lot more clearly than in some years past. Because as you mentioned, you know, you think back like Jamal Murray, late arrival, I believe, and a couple of those names. So those teams didn't gel until later on in the season. All right, Kyle, uh, it's going to wrap up this segment, man. Uh, let everybody know where they can check out that Power Rankings piece and where they can follow you on social media. Yeah, I'm at Twitter uh, on Twitter at Kyle Tucker underscore ATH, and uh, you can check everything out at The Athletic. Uh, thank you for your time, Kyle. Go sh- go check out his um, football state of the program piece, too. I think he talked about that previously on the Leach Report, but really good to hear. All right, we're going to wrap up this edition of the show right after this. I am Curtis Birch in for Tom, and you are listening to The Leach Report. It's The Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Coming up next, it's Kentucky Sports Radio with Matt Jones. Welcome back in to The Leach Report. Curtis Birch from the UK Sports Network and Sunday Morning Sports Talk in for Tom today. Let's look at the Wildcat birthdays, and we're... Today's birthday is Tim Stevens, former McCreary County High School star who was also part of the 1978 National Championship team. So happy birthday uh, to Tim. I mentioned, I think, at the top of the show how also host for the UK Sports Network, the Behind Kentucky Football podcast. And most recently, uh, it was actually yesterday, I got a chance to talk to Liam Cohen. Have not got to edit and post, but post the podcast yet. But it should be up this afternoon. Really inf- interesting conversation with him. Obviously, he's got a lot to adjust to coming back to the college game after being in the NFL as a coach for a few years. So we discussed what it's like been recruiting these last few weeks now that recruiting, much like basketball, has opened up more for football. And I I asked him about uh, what was most interesting was the individual quarterback coaches that are taking over prep football. So you can hear his thoughts if you... Search Behind Kentucky Football and subscribe to that podcast. You can also follow me on Twitter for more at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of The Leach Report. Thanks for listening to The Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at Tom Leach, K-Y-T.